0: that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. HELP) I-
1: Hello and welcome to the Neither Nine podcast. I'm not Neither Nine. I'm Andrea Cleary. Uh, Niall is on his holidays this week, but he'll be joining us again next week. Happy New Year, everybody. And I'm joined by Luke Sharkey. Hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Luke is a writer here at Neither Nine and he's also a radio presenter and he's a pretty good list maker as well. If you've been reading some... Oh, some, thank you very much. You flatter me. Best uh, best Irish albums, best artists. If you're reading those lists, they're probably it's due to Luke.
2: December was hectic. Does
1: it, yeah. <laughs> how, how was December? Are you rested?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I know what they mean by list season now and I feel, yeah, well rested. it's yes, so nice to get good. a nice break in.
1: Yeah, the only listeners I had to do was, um, was for the podcast, so I was very happy to not have to actually compile yeah. any data, yeah. which I don't enjoy doing. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so we're going to be bringing you the latest news. There's been a lot of news in the last week, as well as some nice uh, new music that we recommend you listen to and a little bit of music that maybe we recommend you don't listen to. Absolutely. Um, Spoilers. So, yes. <laughs> so first of all, have you been listening to anything over Christmas that's maybe not new?
2: Yeah. Um, what were you listening to? The break is really good from the break from the, the sort of news cycle, because you can listen to whatever you want for the mm. first time. Um, so went back to kind of my old roots like Kanye West um, my ongoing love with his music mm-hmm. um, and wintertime I always associate with um, you know 808's and Heartbreak I do I know so, it well like really obsessively like every day listening to that album all the way through yeah um, so, good. So, okay? so good were you okay were you sad yeah were it's you? definitely it's definitely <laughs> sad music It's just, uh, but um, oh it's so good for like uh, Bus Journey Home in the Dark the oh music. yeah um, I think that's
1: my second fave it's sometimes my fave sometimes my second fave Kanye which is the top um Pablo is very important to me, but I don't know. It, it changes around, but it's, it's usually between kind of those two-ish.
2: Fantastic. They're great yeah. choices. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I've um, been listening to someone who did feature on one of our lists, um, the new artists to look out for, kind of the last of the lists, um, Loyal Carner, who's a, a British MC. Really mm-hmm. good. Kind of reminds me of um original Pirate Material Streets era. Mm-hmm. Very kind of laid back beats and like very witty kind of philosophical Lyrics, fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Cool. What about yourself? Who have you been listening to? I
1: listen to a lot of Kate Bush. Um, I don't know why. Um, Not not particularly wintry or anything. Do you need
3: a reason
2: to listen to
1: Exactly. Yes. No, I don't need a reason. Um, Listen to a lot of um, an artist that I discovered recently called Karen Dalton. She's kind of a folk country singer who would have been around the circuit with Bob Dylan um Who I just never knew before, and she came up in I think a reddit thread or something, and then i um I delved deep into her music and really, really liked it, so I recommend it if anybody wants to do a deep dive back into like late seventies
2: folk music fantastic Karen Dalton sounds really um, awesome
1: i've also been listening to a lot of the nineteen seventy five <laughs> Watch me. oh, a recurring
2: theme on this podcast,
1: yeah, watch me backtrack um so listener, <laughs> if you'll remember before we broke for for christmas um Niall and I reviewed the latest album by the nineteen seventy five i was I think it was fair to say that I was a bit unimpressed by
2: the it none too pleased
1: I was none too pleased um I didn't like the and still don't like some of the problematic lyrics on it. And while I appreciated what they were doing musically, I wasn't bowled over by it. Okay. But then I went to see them on, what day are we? uh, Thursday? Thursday last, yeah, in the Three Arena. And my God, it was a show. It was so good. It was just a properly brilliant pop production. Yeah, I hadn't been to a pop gig in a really long time. I think the last one I'd been to was... Uh, Justin Bieber In like the RDS Which is a, a while ago now um, And yeah It was stunning I think the actual The stage production itself Was beautiful It contextualised A lot of the lyrics In the album That I never really Got the first time around Yeah If that makes sense um, Matty Healy Was incredibly charming I hate myself He was really charming <laughs> Um, I was there with um, a friend of the show, Dave Hanready from No Encore Podcast, and I was sitting beside Dave and just had to turn to him and, and say to him, I, f- I feel awful, but I can't believe I fancy my
2: Healy. This is the worst <laughs>
1: thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. So, yeah, but brilliant, brilliant show. Really recommend seeing them.
2: There's a There's a treadmill
1: involved? There was a treadmill. So... Um in their music video for Sincerity is Scary, um, which is the most 1975 name of a song yep. ever. Um yeah, the the music video for that is kind of Matty Healy, you know, walking along a street with a kind of cartoony background. And so that came on and nobody expected anything. And then he just jumps onto this treadmill and starts walking and dancing and I don't know if it's been done before, probably has been, probably Jamiroquai in the mid 90s did something or other, but I'd never seen it done. And um, turned to the person next to me and the two of us were just like, oh my God, this looks unreal. Um, Brilliant, brilliant show. Like the stage production was great. A lot of kind of David Byrne talking heads. Like, Straight- up influence like from a, it,
2: like a theatricality about it,
1: uh, yeah, but also he was he was pretty much wearing the suit. um okay. and the he had two they had two um female dancers and backup singers on stage, and they were doing the kind of, you know, the running thing yeah. from stop making sense. Um it was very, very heavily influenced and lifted from a lot of other kind of um very iconic stage productions, which I thought was really cool. Um, it sounds fantastic. And then he was, you know, climbing in and out of an iPhone. Um, what what I thought was really that cool is very was, 1975. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it <laughs> sounds really wanky when I when I kind of explain it now. But when I was watching it, I was really impressed by it. Yeah. Um, something sort of a bit subtle about it that I I enjoyed was that throughout the throughout the performance he kept kind of turning around and looking at the screen behind him. And I was like, oh, I get it. It's because you'd be on that phone. Like we're all just looking at our screens all the time and you're looking at the screen. I get it. I get it. Uh, So I thought that was a bit clever. So I'm, I I then went back and listened to the album again. That's what I was
2: going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, Has it changed your opinions on it?
1: It has. Yeah. It like, I think it, I think having heard a lot of the songs live, I will say, I think they're a better live band than they are recording. Okay. Like they sound brilliant live. They're really tight. They're, their band is great. they had the a saxophonist who just blew the, blew the roof off. Um, and I went back and listened to a lot of their hits as well. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I resisted these for a long time. And while I still have my problems, Yeah, I good pop act will, uh, excited for the new album that's going to come out towards the end of this year it's and we'll f- go see
2: again. The final of the three.
1: Um the second of these two, okay. so I think there's two, or maybe there's three i need I need to check that as far as I know there's two um of this brief inquiry into blah, blah, blah. Um, So yeah, that was uh, my 1975.
2: That's fantastic. What a great way to start off the year. Yeah. yeah, So you you can all update your
1: records. Um, (laughs) Now a fan. Um, Yeah. So in other news, somebody else who I love, Ryan Adams will be releasing three new albums this year. Um, Do you like Ryan Adams?
2: I have a very limited knowledge of his uh, discography. I'm a big fan of Gold, Yes. um, which I was shown as an adolescent and loved.
1: That's the um, perfect time to listen to that album. For sure.
2: Yeah. Um, there's a lot of vibes in that album. Um, maybe you could explain to me this sort of, because I know he's, he's really big. so
1: He is. Um, I saw him being described this week by somebody um, in the media as one of the most underrated guitarists in rock. And I entirely agree with that. I think especially on that album, Gold, but elsewhere as well. Yeah. Um, he's he's just a brilliant songwriter he's an excellent he's an excellent musician excellent lyricist and I feel like he gets a bit of gets a bit of flack for the kind of softer stuff that he's done over the years yeah
2: that's is there is say Gold, is that like a a deviation from what it usually sounds like or is that very... No, I think Gold was his
1: first um, major label release, if I'm correct. Um, And it was his kind of, his foray into a bit of a heavier, fuller kind of sound um, and going a bit beyond the kind of really personal, introspective lyrics. He kind of opened it up a bit more. And I think he kind of went from there. Like Gold is still my favourite Ryan Adams record it's probably most people's favourite Ryan Adams record but that's not to say that he hasn't done brilliant stuff since Um, and yeah so this year he is to release three new albums Uh, this week he shared a song on a on a a radio station somewhere called Manchester, uh, which is a tribute to uh, Manchester, uh, which he says spawned some of his favourite artists. He said about it, Manchester, the city and music of this mystical place shaped my entire life. It's at the heart of all the things I love about music from the Smiths, Joy Division, Oasis, New Order, Simply Red, and The Stone Roses. Um,
2: uh, there's one, uh, one is not like the others <laughs> one in that One of these list.
1: things is not like the others. <laughs> Simply Red. All right, Ryan. Um, so yeah, there'll be three albums coming. Uh, Big Colours is coming out April 19th. Um, and then Wednesdays, we don't have a day for that. And then we don't have a title for the third one. But I, for one, am very excited.
2: It's a very ambitious endeavour. It sounds very interesting. It'll yeah, be, yeah. Obviously, he has something in, important to say. Um, I, yeah, I like hope so.
1: I, I, th- I think he does. I hope so. Uh, big fan of his Taylor Swift cover record as well. If anyone's been too cynical to go and actually check it out, do it.
2: <laughs> it, it is great, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, his cover of Welcome to New York just sounds like Bruce Springsteen. It's it's amazing. Um that's a song that I don't know if I could listen to it forever.
2: Oh, yeah. Thank you.
1: <laughs> but uh, is, is there a song that you could listen to in the desert forever?
2: Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, but it would have to be a classic, like a real, a genuine classic. Which I
1: What about um, Africa by Toto?
2: Mm, a genuine classic? I don't know if it falls <laughs> quite, for me into that.
1: <laughs> so there's a reason for this. Um, there is to be a new art installation um which will play Toto's Africa on eternal repeat um Nam- Namibian German artist Max Seeden top say that
2: That was last time.
1: thank you um the the installation is called Toto forever it uses utilizes Six speakers, an MP3 player featuring literally just that song, and solar energy in an effort to play the song for all eternity, according to the artist. What do we make of this? Um,
2: I don't know. I feel like straight away, I I personally couldn't imagine a worse way to spend eternity than stuck in the desert with Africa by Toto. Really? that would no, that would that would that would destroy me. Um, Does but, that
1: song annoy you if it comes on on a night out?
2: Yeah, because I feel like it's one of those songs that people have very borrowed nostalgia for. It's um, interesting. It's a very sort of it comes on in a, in a club, and people sort of my age are like, "Oh my god, I love this song!" And it's like, <laughs> you were not born when this song came out; True. like you have no nostalgia for this. It's kind of like internet memed its way into legitimacy somehow.
1: I yeah, I, I think you're entirely right. I I do think it's a good song, though. Okay. Like, I think I think it bangs. I think it goes hard, and I think there's a reason why you just want to yell at the top of your lungs in the middle of a nightclub or wherever it might be played. But. I think you're totally right in saying that. Like I, I don't have any personal connection to the song to that song. And nobody my age does. And yeah. even people who were I think teenagers when that song came out, I don't think they'd be particularly
2: nostalgic about it. I don't know it. if Toto were what were hip even back then. You know what I mean? I what like music it. heads were listening to.
1: I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's maybe it's like a Rick Astley sort of meme yeah, thing. For sure. Maybe. But um
2: It's it's a it's um it's a very It's interesting. It's very much, uh, that song is very internet culture. It's kind of very interesting how it's come to be so popular. Yeah. So many cover versions and like, here it is played on a tin whistle, you know? yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's
1: true. Yeah. Nobody asked for that. Um, but yeah, if you want to hear it literally forever, um, you can go to a desert in Southern Africa and you can go do it there, I guess. I think
2: Erlingus have a sale on right now.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, will we do it? <laughs> I don't have much else on. <laughs> um, so who else is in the news? The weekend is in the news. Why is The weekend
2: in the news? For all the wrong reasons. Mm. Um, the weekend put out a track earlier this week um, called Lost in the Fire, which was produced by Gustafelstein, which was kind of a head scratcher to begin with. Mm. And he is coming under quite a bit of fire, and I think rightly so, for some of the very questionable lyrics he has in I'm the I'm tired
1: of being home alone. I used to have a girl a day, but I want you to stay. You said you might be into girls, said you're going through a phase, keeping your heart safe. Well baby, you can bring a friend. She can ride on top your face while I fuck you straight.
2: What's wrong with that? What? What's <laughs> the problem? What's the problem here? Um it's 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 pretty problematic. Yeah. It, it's pretty problematic from the from the from the ground up. Um I think they the going through a phase is probably the most dismissive line I've ever, I've heard yeah, in this. I'm like, not song. a big
1: fan of while I fuck you straight either.
2: It's not great. It's
1: <sighs> yeah, so it, um the song came under um criticism uh by marika hackman and uh soak who i'm a big fan of both of those artists i think they're both terrific um and they basically called it out for being homophobic problematic for sure yeah biphobic Uh, dismissive all of those things and it is all of those things like it's also what what do you think of the song
2: um the song is For me, and this was the strange thing, because uh, the guy who produced it, Gustafsson, an excellent producer, Mm. song is very bland. Isn't it? Even compared to his work and compared to The Weekends' previous work, the song is incredibly forgettable. Yeah. And that's kind of the worst thing a a big pop song can be is just instantly forgettable. Yeah.
1: Like I must have listened to it about 10 times today on like the playlist of the tracks we're going to talk about. And I couldn't sing it.
2: I probably couldn't sing it either. um, Which is a real shame because I have like some of the Weekends. Previous releases, although he's always been a problematic artist, I think "The mm. Hills" is one of the most stalkery songs I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a strange thing because in one way the defense that he uses is that the weekend is a persona, that that whole character. He has openly said that mm. it's not true; none of it is true. He's kind of an awkward, shy guy, and he makes up this character in these situations. But that also means then that it's not like he's even trying to be biographical he's consciously choosing to be this kind of very or just excessively crass and yeah. that that verse in things is just excessive
1: yeah i yeah i think so too and i think that if like we we talked on the podcast before about problematic artists and how there is a bit of leeway usually given when artists are um when they're putting on a a persona An act. But it, I think it gets to the point with the weekend for me, where I'm I'm kind of tired of hearing him sing the same thing about sex over and over again. Over and over. It's like I, it's not even that I have a problem with an artist who just sings about sex. That's fine, but it's the it's just the same kind of I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and I'm like, all right, like we've heard this song before, yeah. you know. And I thought like the. The kind of concept piece he did with Starboy. Well, I wasn't the the biggest fan of the album. I re- I admired what he was doing. There was a with real ambition
2: it. to that project. There was,
1: yeah, and there was a real kind of sense of actually stepping into the persona yeah. and performing as it. Yeah. Whereas this, I feel, he like it might be just a throwaway track.
2: I haven't put out something in a while. Yeah. Maybe I should stick something yeah. out.
1: Let's stay relevant. I, I I don't think he was trying to be, you know. Controversial on purpose with this, with this um, verse. But it's it just looks really irresponsible, and he has yet, as of time of recording, uh, to respond to any of the criticism. Anyway, yeah. so um,
2: it's it's definitely not the best pop music can do. It's definitely not the best he can do. Yeah, um, do better, sure. Abel. Do better, yeah, yeah.
1: Just just do better.
2: Um, you could say he's well able.
1: He's well able. <laughs> Excellent work. (laughs) Um, Other people who are well able closer to home?
2: Yeah, for sure. So uh, something uh, we wanted to highlight on the podcast this week is the uh, Somewhere in Ireland video project that's been going on. Um, If you don't know, if you're not in the know, Somewhere in Ireland is um, a short film uh, that's being released as um, a little series of short videos um, that's been directed and edited by Irish visual artist Brown Sauce, who... If you're on Instagram, you should follow Brown Sauce. He does amazing, amazing pieces, and really um, kind of very connected to uh, modern Irish culture. Very instantly resonant. Um, so the the series is a self described uh, vertical slice of Irish hip hop. Um, the film features five uh, tracks performed by over nine rappers, sort of all interwoven together with various skits and a kind of few narrative beats. Um, there's a so it features the first uh, video that went up online, featured Hazy, who's a, a Limerick rapper, really fantastic, and it was kind of a a thirty second, one minute skit, and it's animated by Brown Sauce over the actual sh- primary footage, which is really.
1: It looks really great. It looks
2: really eye catching, yeah. and it's fantastic. And it's um, it seems like it. Well, I haven't seen the whole thing. The actual uh, premiere is coming out uh, this Friday, um, on the eighteenth in Limerick. They're doing the premiere, so I haven't seen the whole thing. But it feels like one of the first true to life times that Irish hip hop has been put to film. Okay. um, Which is fantastic. And Mm. it's all artists outside of Dublin as well, from what I can gather, which is really good because there can be a strong Dublin centrism um, Mm. in Irish media coverage, especially music. Um, Especially hip hop as well. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, So it's really fantastic. And yeah, because I still have much leftover fear and cringe from there was a documentary RTE did maybe 10 years ago about Irish hip hop. And it's not that the people involved in it were particularly good material to start with, but it's very much a takedown piece, like okay. a ha ha, let's laugh at these people. Really? And uh, it's it's actually really hard to watch in parts, yeah. genuinely break your heart. Like
1: I'm absolutely going to watch it.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> I, You should, but it's but, it's not easy. It's a real mm, behind the couch yeah. with hands over your eyes type of okay. uh, thing. So um, big ups to um, the Humans of the Sesh Collective who are helping run this and to Brown Sauce and to all the rappers who have taken part um, somewhere in Ireland. Be sure to keep an eye out for it. Look it up. Like the pages. It um, seems like a really awesome thing that they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's really great um, and you, you touched on it that somebody is sort of starting to chronicle the moment we're at now in Irish hip hop. Like I, I know like when uh, I saw the MIA documentary last year yeah. and one of the main one of the main sort of themes in that was that she knew she was in the middle of something. So she started to document yeah. things and she was looking around her and she was kind of turning the camera inwards. And I really feel like the the moment that Irish hip hop is having now, um, in terms of it being, it re- reaching a broader audience, it's for obviously sure. been going on for a while, yeah. but in terms of it actually becoming mainstream, definitely, um, it's it's really important and really useful to kind of chronicle what is the beginning of What is,
2: especially, yeah, but especially before they're signed, before Mm -hmm. there's any real uh, infrastructure in place, just when it's like at its proper raw elements. Yeah,
1: which is what it's kind of supposed to be. And great that it's, you know, focused outside of Dublin as well. So, yeah, that's, um, I think that's, oh, no, no. um, We had breaking news today. Um, Fans of the Antlers will no doubt be uh, crying into their pasta about the fact that they've got a... (laughs) They've got a gig coming up in the Sugar Club on March thirtieth. Um, there to be there to play um their album Hospice, which is a very very dear album to me and many others. Um, in full, uh, they said on their Instagram, "Dear friends, it's been some time, and we've got some news for you. We're reissuing the Hospice LP on March eighth, twenty nineteen, in honor of its tenth anniversary." It'll be newly pressed on double white vinyl, deluxe artwork and packaging, etc. We'll be playing a limited number of acoustic shows to celebrate. It'll be a bit different this time as the core band now consists of uh, Peter Silberman and drummer Michael Lerner. um, And their drummer is no longer with the band. They've pared down for the time being. The shows will feature some old friends and guests and together they'll perform hospice uh, in its entirety. So I'm... Very, very excited Pumped. about this. Yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of?
2: I'm. I feel so ignorant. I'm so <gasps> oblivious to who, have you who they not even heard are. This album. No.
1: Oh my god. Right. Hospice. Okay. It is. I. <laughs> I feel. I. I feel like it's. It's irresponsible to recommend that somebody listen to this album because it will genuinely break you. Okay. It's one of the saddest yeah. experiences that someone can go through is, is this album. It's a, it's, it's a concept album. Um, I won't give too much away about it, but I really recommend reading the lyrics along with it and giving yourself a bit of time with it. Yeah. And a bit of time afterwards to kind of get over it. But, um, I'd I'd fully recommend listening to it and you'll 100% want to go to the show then. Fantastic. But, um, yeah, Peter Silberman, who is the lead singer and um, lyricist and main songwriter in The Andlers, uh, wrote a brilliant record in 2017 uh, called, I think it's called Permanence. Um, which was excellent and amazing. Yeah. And it really flew under the radar. So I'm hoping for a little bit of that solo material to be performed as well.
2: Fantastic. But
1: it, very, very exciting. It made my day today when uh, when it was announced. So
2: yeah. Awesome.
1: Big up mm-hmm. Um, Cool. So we've got some new music.
2: Yeah, we we've do. We've got a ton of new um, music. And it's nice because maybe the first couple of weeks of January, things can be a bit slow on yeah. the release front, but it seems like we're Truly into the swing of things now. Yeah,
1: we're picking up now. Like we, we're we not even going to talk about everything that was like, we're not, we're not talking about Hosier, guys. We're going to wait for the album. Yeah. Chill. Uh, but we are going to talk about uh, the Cranberries who have released a new single called All Over Now. Uh, it was played on BBC Radio on Tuesday and it coincided with the one year anniversary of the death of singer Dolores O'Riordan, R- which is crazy to me that that was a year ago. It's it feels
2: like, like a that month ago. flown in for completely
1: sure. completely absolutely mad. Um, so the band said uh, on social media, in honor of our dear friend and bandmate Dolores, we present to you the final album from the Cranberries and it's called In The End. It was a very emotional process for us, knowing that we would never get to play these songs live, made it even more difficult. It was also an overwhelming sense of finality, knowing that this was the last time we would be in the same studio together working on a Cranberries album. We'd like to take the, chan- the chance to thank ours and Dolores's family and friends and all those who worked with the band over the years. To our fans who've stood by us for almost 30 years, thank you. Without the, without you, none of this would have been possible. It's been an incredible journey. We dedicate this album to our dear friend and bandmate Dolores. She'll always be with us in her music, which is just lovely. Um, That's very touching. Yeah. It's, for sure. It's really nice. And the song is great. It is. Um, Maybe we'll, we'll take a listen to it and then we can have a chat about
2: it. Perfect. So here's uh, All Over Now by The Campus.
1: new one from uh, the Cranberries we were trying to work out there when the when that would have been recorded but apparently it's uh, this they finished the album without her so it's obviously
2: at some stage she had passed away before the album was finished. Yeah. But yeah. it sounds, it doesn't sound like it was cobbled together. It sounds like a pretty fully fleshed out song.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The production on it is is lovely. She sounds great. I really like those guitars when they kick in at the start. It yeah. just, it transports me back to like... Late 90s, early noughties, listening to the Cranberries for the first time. Yeah, that kind got of
2: a very grungy sort of sound on the guitars. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah totally. Really kind of lo-fi, fuzzy guitars. Um, it's great. I really, really like this song. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what else is on the album. Um,
2: for sure. And obviously there is an emotional bias because Dolores is sadly no longer with us, but her voice still sounds incredible. It's amazing.
1: Like she's just... I like when when she passed away, there was just so much talk of you know that voice being so pinnacle to even like Irish identity yeah. It's like when you think of Irish music, you kind of you kind of think of her voice for sure almost straight away yeah, um if you're not thinking of you too, you're thinking think of the cranberries yeah. like and yeah it's it, it's amazing and also obviously very sad to. It, it's always a strange kind of thing when you listen to like a, a posthumous release, um, but the band are, are um, excited to get it out there and obviously ha- happy that it's what she would have wanted. For sure. And
2: um, we're excited to hear
1: it. Yes, for sure. Um, another Irish act who have announced um, new music or have released new music um, is The Gloaming. They, rele- they released a song called, is it Oz? It's been been so long since I did Irish that (laughs) I was like, is that how you say that word?
2: Yeah, I think so. Ahis right there.
1: Yeah. So um, they've announced the release of their third album, The Gloaming Three, which is out on the 22nd of next month. Um, It was produced by Thomas Bartlett, was recorded last year in New York. Um, And yeah, we can take a little listen to
2: Ahis. Yeah, for sure.
1: from the gloaming who um will be reigniting their residency in the national concert yeah
2: continuing on their streak of 24 consecutive sold out shows it is now
1: they're unreal
2: (laughs) they are are. have you seen them do any of those shows i have not seen them
1: once and i will 100% see them this year they're they're on my list
2: i was very blessed to get a ticket last year to go and see them it was So good. And I'm not, I'm not a big trad head at all by any measure, but their music is just so fantastic.
1: Yeah. They're kind of, um, they do Celticism in a way that isn't, um, that doesn't make me want to run for the hills. Yeah. Do you know, it's, there's, I, I they strike some kind of balance between ambience and then something that's innately and inherently Irish. Yeah, for sure. That I can't really put my finger on and I just find it so spellbinding and uh, and I've heard that when you're watching that and experiencing that live that it's it just elevates for it. For sure
2: it's such an immersive experience. Yeah. It totally just draws you in so soothing and calming as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic. And it's- It'll be interesting to hear with the album, because I do think that um, their first album was very much more trad based than mm-hmm. the second album. And even just by the what we've heard from that track, it sounds much more sort of ambient and yeah. minimalist as opposed to overtly trad. So it'll be interesting to see what direction they go towards.
1: For sure. Yeah, I think they they do that, uh, that ambience so well. Um and yeah, I, I'm for sure going to make sure that I catch them this this year because they are taking a break in 2020. Um, oh, that's the first time I've said 2020. 2020. Meaning, oh my God. <laughs> weird. It still seems, sounds so far away. Yeah. That's How a strange. very
2: in the future date. You know, Yeah. The welcome to the future. 2020.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought I would have had my life sorted out by now Hmm. (laughs) you can catch you can catch the Gloving Play the National Concert Hall on March 5th 6th, 7th 9th 10th and 11th I'm not sure what the story is with tickets but you can look it up online Um, and yeah we recommend that you go we'll probably be there absolutely Um, yeah so next up is two artists that I'm very fond of collaborating together Um, this is Karen O and Danger Mouse and the track is called new track, Woman, from Karen O and Danger Mouse. What do you make of this?
2: It's a really great song, isn't it? Yeah. It's really, really awesome. It's great to hear Karen O being back to releasing music and yeah. singing. It's fantastic.
1: And you're a Yeah Yeah yes fan?
2: I was a staunch Yeah yeah, yes yeah fan. Absolutely loved the band. Um, It's Blitz was, it's a real cliche to say, like, records that change your life, or formative records, or whatever, yeah. but It's Blitz was a big, big deal in my adolescence, for sure.
1: Me too, yeah. I remember, I, I, I think I bought That CD, and is this it by the Strokes? If not on the same day, then in the same week or or two week period. And I was like, oh, (laughs) oh wow! So this is happening. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) look what's going on over there. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Really, really big fan of this sound. I don't think it's too far removed um, from what she. Usually sounds like I think Danger Mouse is really just letting her do her thing, do her thing, which is great.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it is part of an upcoming LP, um, which is a collaboration between the two artists, which is due to be released on March 15th called Lux Prima Prima.
2: Who knows?
1: Um Karen O says of the track that it came like a bolt out of the blue when we were in the studio. We did the first track where I was blurting unintelligible words and Danger Mouse and I were like, dang, that was intense. What? What's that word I kept saying? Woman, uh, which I think is really cool. For sure. Yeah, it's, it It does have a kind of a rawness and it feels like, like when you're, when you're listening to the lyrics, there's not, there's not a whole lot that you're grabbing onto. Yeah, not, it's not, it's not like. It's
2: very stream of consciousness.
1: Yeah. It's not like steeped in metaphor or yeah. anything it's just it's coming from a really kind of raw yet feminine kind of powerful place For sure. like i was listening to it walking down the street and i just felt really really badass yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i'd like this to be the um the the song that plays over my montage, <laughs> where I just get loads of shit done yeah, the, in my life. The boss
2: montage. Yeah, yeah I like Marie
1: yeah. Kondo, my house <laughs> yeah. and you know write the thing and do the thing. This is the song I want to for uh, sure. to to play over it. But yeah, really, really big fan of this. Can't wait for the album. Um, hope it's hope it's a bit of a departure from what this is. I hope there's more kind of experimentation. Yeah, in and terms a little bit of, of
2: variety in yeah. sound for sure.
1: Yeah, and in terms of their kind of working together,ness, Uh But yeah, good to have you back, Karen O. For sure. Um, we're going to chat about Nothing Breaks Like a Heart next because I can't escape this song. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I'm sorry, I'm a real late comer to this song. I'm, yeah. I'm super late. I heard the original, um, which of course, if you don't know, is by Mark Ronson and Miley Cyrus and get out from under that rock you've been living under. <laughs> yeah, um, where have you been? <laughs> but um, it's just kind of like a very... Down tempo, downbeat country and western track almost. Um, definitely tinged that way. And I heard it, it once. It sounds
1: just like uh, My Silver Lining by, um, by First Aid Kit. Okay. And once you know that, you won't be able to unhear it. But yeah. Okay.
2: Um, but I wasn't totally blown away with it. Um, and then I heard that Dimitri from Paris, who I'm a huge fan of, kind of a disco titan had done a remix of the track and I heard that and it was like love at first sight or love at first listen. Oh, very I, good. I've fallen massively in love with this song yeah. um, to the point where I'm playing it and it's, there's a part of my brain that's saying, you're not actually going to play the song again, are you? <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting to that stage, <laughs> uh, but it's a fantastic song. Um, it's what Ronson calls a sad banger. And it's taken from, the original is taken from his upcoming Late Night Tales LP. Um, it's, the remix has really great sort of strange mix of country and Western and disco, um, kind of some chic violins and a nice backbeat while like Miley Cyrus's vocals, which are phenomenal on mm-hmm. this track. Like the country and Western thing suits her right down to the I ground. I so Like a uh, vocally, she suits it so well.
1: Yeah, I, I was never... Um... I was never the big, the biggest fan of her. I've I've always rooted for her, but I've no, never been a, the biggest fan of her voice. Yeah, um, I, I think she's a good voice and she's a very capable singer, but I was just never really able to connect with it. But I think this song makes sense for her. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not wild about the original, but um, I think you're right on the button with this remix. I think this. I think what what Dimitri from Paris has done on this is kind of highlight or push to the fore the elements of the song that I like. I like the kind of bombastic drums. Yeah. I like that kind of, I don't know, that, that he's he's honed in on the kind of country element of, of it, yeah. but made it disco, which For is sure. very cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a real kind of, it is a sad banger, isn't it? It is yeah. exactly
2: a sad banger. He's yeah. right on the button. Yeah. I, and I, I do think that Ronson is probably I was thinking about this um, where I do all my important thinking, like, alone in my bedroom. And I was thinking, <laughs> I think Mark Ronson is probably, for me, the quintessential 21st century pop producer. I think he's, he's prop, he's like, he, the way he collaborates with people is so good, all the way back to, like, Valerie with Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. He's so good when he works with people. The he Lily really, Allen truck he did Yeah, as well. for sure. Uh, yeah. Uptown Funk, everybody. Oh, yeah. It's, like, one of the biggest pop songs last 10 years. Like, he just really brings out the best in the artists that he works with. It's really...
1: I'd find it quite difficult To disagree with you on that I think he's got he, He's got a real sheen To his work But he also I love what he does With brass Anything that has yeah. A kind of a heightened Brass um, Element in it Where you don't expect It to be there I'm kind of there for it Yeah Uptown um, Funk Is obviously a, a great example Of that kind of thing That kind of bombast um, And I want more From Mark Ronson This year I, I'd, I'd really like to see him Collaborate more widely For sure Um And yeah, big fan of this. Uh, We should take a listen to
2: it. Yeah. Nothing Breaks Like a Heart by Mark Ronson and Miley Cyrus, the Dimitri from Paris.
1: Nothing Breaks Like a Heart from Miley Cyrus, Mark Ronson and Dimitri from Paris. They weren't all in the same room at the same time, but by God, they made a song. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're going to chat next about Soak and her new track Knock Me Off My Feet, which you're a big fan of.
2: I am. I'm a huge fan of this track. Um, Big fan of Soak in general, Was delighted when she had put out Everybody Loves You. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I kind of thought that maybe it wasn't the most exciting Single from an album, especially because she's has taken a break from music, mm. rightly so. Um, but I knocked me off my feet. Um, I don't want to be pun- too punny, but has done just that. Um, yeah. really, really great song. Um, very upbeat for Soak. Um, it have, has a real beach house vibe to it, I think. Mm. Um, like real sort of shoegazy dream pop elements, which are I, I love that genre, I love that sound. So it really was right down my alley. And big fan, big, big fan.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I a really big fan of this song. It's funny that it, it really reminded me of I can't remember the name of the song, but there's a song on the Marika Hackman record from The Year Before Last. Um that has nearly the same sort of melodic progression as the beginning of this track. And it's funny that the two of them were in the news this week, yeah. both criticizing the weekend. And I was like, Yeah, up the moths. For sure. Um but yeah, I really like the kind of the poppier. So uh, a sound that she's kind of going for here, I I agree that I, I think that this would have been a better kind of first first single. single. Um, like I I really like the last single that she put out, but this to me I hope is the direction that she's going to go that in. The new
2: album is going to go toward yeah, yeah
1: yeah. I really liked her last record. I was a really really
2: oh f- it's big for sure fan. phenomenal. Um,
1: I I just think she's great. She really seems to just know herself, uh, but in a way where she's. She's. She seems like she's really comfortable in her music making. That she can just be really vulnerable and talk about things. Maybe in like a different perspective. Like there's a lot of sort of location in the lyrics in yeah. this and kind of com- coming out of a place and still kind of being drawn back to it. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's a re- it's it's an interesting song. It's also a bop. You yeah, really for sure. On. And it's
2: yeah. it's rare that you get the sort of. Um, singer and acoustic songwriter combination anymore that has such a sort of vibrant and fresh yeah. lyrics and sort of so uh such an attractive sound i think yeah um, I, think, red, so. I think i think
1: so should be bigger and will be i hope that this is the yeah. year that she explodes
2: that this album does it yeah
1: yeah I, re- I really really hope it is because i think she's been she's been working hard for a while and she's been putting out you know, track after track that's just good tunes. Um, and I'd I'd really like to see her just completely shoot to the stratosphere this year. But
2: um, wholeheartedly agree.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this is "Knock Me Off My Feet" by Soap i from Soak and you can hear Grimtown, the new record on the 26th of April. And I think that's all our music for this week. Yeah, I think so.
2: I think we, we got there.
1: We got there. We got through it all. There is other music, um, but you know, there's only so many hours in the day. And we're, <laughs> we're taking it easy. when We're, we're, we're using ourselves back yeah, in.
2: We're getting into the swing of things still.
1: Yeah. So have you been reading, watching, listening, enjoying anything else?
2: Yeah, like? actually. Yeah. Um, and I was going to preface this topic by just saying, have you seen it? And wondering if you know what I'm talking about. Is it you? No, have you seen it? Oh, you is, I've heard about you, but uh, okay. that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'll talk about.
1: about you, but no, what's, have you seen it?
2: Uh, birdcage, bird, Birdcage, Birdbox. Oh,
1: Birdbox. Bird box. I did.
2: I, I watched it. It's, whoa. I watched it because I'm very, um, one of these people I can jump away from hype if I see too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was a bit hesitant, but my friend was like, no, you have to watch this. And it's so good. Sandra, you liked it? Yeah. I think it was really good. I think Sandra mm. Bullock was so good at it I
1: thought she was really good as well yeah I I had kind of I enjoyed it um, and I watched it just at the beginning of the hype so yeah. I, I wasn't like oversaturated but my god did a lot of um. I'll try not to include spoilers but you know yeah. it's been out a while guys go watch it <laughs> but uh, like characters in that film made really bad decisions
2: oh bad choices really bad choices like
1: there's there's a part where they leave a character in a room to do a thing. Oh,
2: that was such a yeah, that was a foolish They
1: all walked down the stairs and left them there and they were like, Okay, we'll just go away now and hope that nothing bad happens. happens. I was so annoyed. I was really mad. Um,
2: it is Yeah definitely I think does A lot of horror films Are propelled by bad decisions By the yeah. characters in them though Like the real like Oh I heard a noise Let me check out downstairs Yeah like, this
1: was the ultimate Yeah Like I heard a noise Let me let me check it out I'd kind be like of no
2: pal I'm going out the window I'm, I'm not yeah, yeah. I'm outie if that happens I
1: thought the concept Was really cool though For
2: sure uh, Yeah it, Okay And it is very closely Linked to A Quiet Place Have you seen A Quiet Place? Yes yes they're Love v- that I know I love A Quiet Place yeah. But they're very similar films
1: Yeah Um I think Bird Box is I I don't think it can be a, what A Quiet Place was yeah. in terms of, you know, genre um what am I trying to say? In terms of like just breaking through a lot of the problems that horror has A Quiet yeah. Place just did it with For such sure.
2: grace. Um and everybody was seeing it. Everybody was talking about it. A Quiet Place. It's rare for a horror film. Yeah, yeah. A Quiet Place and it were the only horror films that did that last last year. Maybe. Yeah,
1: and I couldn't watch it because I have a fear of clowns.
2: I have a. Oh, that's so well placed, but I can't deal with horror films at all. I'm the biggest. Chicken. Oh really? I I went to see A Quiet Place in the cinema, and because the film is so quiet, it would made it it's so worse because I. Like I wanted to scream, and I saw it in the oh. cinema, and it made it so much worse that it's so quiet because <laughs> everybody could hear everything that I was doing, and I was like covering my face <laughs> with my hands, and I real watch through my fingers. Yeah, when I, when I watch a horror film, I can't deal.
1: Um, I have watched you.
2: This is the other one I've heard I, about so much. I did
1: it. So right, you is a uh, an a Netflix um show that's come out in the past couple of weeks. It's about a stalker who works in a bookshop and then meets a girl in the bookshop, finds her on social media yeah. um, and stalks her and then kind of fa- like gets into a situation where he can have a relationship with her. But then the stalking doesn't stop. He starts yeah. to, you know, like he starts to spy on her throughout the whole relationship. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Then there's loads of murder and mystery and intrigue. And I loved it. Every second of it, but I think I'm really confused and conflicted about it. I was talking to a friend of mine who, who sort of is having the same, um, the same conflict with it because I think it's trash, but I also think it might be a masterpiece. Okay. So I don't know what's going on with that. I finished the whole thing in like a day and a half. Yeah.
2: Is it one of those like that you just speed through? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like Gossip Girl meets Dexter. Okay. Um, and it's very, very watchable, but it's also really bad at the same time.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I've I was watching that. Uh I read what did I read there recently? I read Room by uh Emma Donahue. I haven't heard it. So there was a film made about it. Um, the Room.
2: Was that the film The Room about? No, not The Room. Okay.
1: So Room is about um a mom and her son who are locked in one room. Um and He's like the the son is five years old and he's been in there since he was born. Like she, yeah. she was kidnapped by somebody and then brought to this room and uh, raised the boy. And it's about their kind of life in the room. And I read it and watched the film recently and they're both. Stunning. I'm really late to the yeah, okay. to the party with it. Like okay. this was going on a couple of years ago. Very very late late to the party with that, but um yeah, read that recently. Very very highly recommend.
2: Awesome. I pick it up. Always looking for good novels. Have yeah. you seen? Did you see? Sorry to bother you.
1: No, I haven't.
2: Okay. It's Okay, my favorite film 2018. Tell me anyway, about it. Um it is um genuinely surprising. Okay. Like I think uh, because we have access to so much film and media now that like plot twists and like things that are supposed to be like spooky or like a big surprise rarely are. I think you can kind of, a lot of people spend their time predicting what's going to happen in films. Like, Mm. And I'm one of those people, unfortunately, yeah. in my head, I'm always trying to be like, oh, this is going to happen. Look at that. Look at that shot. But um, Sorry to Bother You is genuinely surprising, genuinely shocking in some parts, hilarious in others, and really tough to watch Okay. in some parts. It is a full-on emotional spectrum of uh, reactions. And it's just fantastic.
1: Awesome. It okay, was, I, I will check that
2: out. Yeah, it was. Um, I went to see it uh, with my girlfriend and I came out afterwards and just could barely speak. It was one of those ones that it was like mm. playing on my mind afterwards and I was just really silent and sitting there. And like, that's when you know you've seen something really like, good you know
1: yeah for sure definitely uh, I want to see that new Spider-Man haven't seen it yet I've heard great things yes heard very good things and the uh, I have checked out the soundtrack which is
2: unbelievable yeah so good
1: that's so one of the things because uh, I'm kind of I'm a bit bad uh, going to the cinema, but if I see a good soundtrack in a film, I'm like, yes, I will go. Yeah. Um yeah, I think that's all my media. I've just been listening to Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, but what's new? Um <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing new there. Uh that's all, all all the things that I've been enjoying.
2: Yeah, enjoying. Same with me.
1: Yeah, great. Okay. So that's that's our first podcast of the year. whoop whoop, we did it. Um, yeah. Niall, we've missed you. We hope you're enjoying your, your holiday. And um, Niall and I will be back next week with more music news, albums, things to listen to, playlists. You never know. There's a lot going on. For sure. Um, So to play us out this week, um, you've chosen a song for us, Luke. Why yes, have I have.
2: Um, we have an artist, a Dublin-based artist called Pure Grand, who is a visual artist and a recording artist. And he has a single called Pink. Um, this is great song, but it's definitely best experienced when you watch the video as well. It's fantastic visuals. So, uh, Pure Grand Pink, go check it out. And this is going to play us out. Thank you very awesome. much.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. And we will talk to
3: you next week. Bye. I think you need to get over yourself. Your rationality is dark. In front of the boys Cause all I see is talking out enough-